Good morning, folks, on Sunday, the 18th of September. I can't believe September is nearly finished. So um, what I'm doing this morning is I've been sending out um, in a written form um, on on Mark's update um, a, a commentary on the psalm of that particular Sunday. And unfortunately, you will have missed at least three now, which have been done, um, but I just can't get uh, word to cooperate with, with me and send me the file so I can send it to Mike. So I'm going to do this this way today, and um, it would be good if you could let me know if you prefer um, the podcast, which this is, or whether you prefer to get um, a written document in your hand. So I'm just going to read what I've written um, about Psalm 79, which was the psalm for today. The Psalm 79 is fundamentally a very powerful lament psalm. It's full of graphic images of war, especially in the beginning. The writer of the psalm, who is presumed to be Asaph, rails against God with cries of pain. Of pain, sorry. The backstory to this is that the Israelites had been defeated at the hands of the Babylonians, the Temple of Jerusalem had been destroyed, and their Holy Land led to waste. Just a note on Asaph, you might, I'm sure you might have read about him before in my commentaries. So Asaph was the name of the person who uh, led the music in the church. So there was also, there's also the sons of Korah, but Asaph um, would have been responsible for uh, writing and organizing the music in the church. Um, and he, he was his family. That's why I say there were many Asafs because in, in every generation, um, he descended from the Levites, Levite family, and the Levite family are the um, Israelite clan who were responsible for worship in the temple. And this was all arranged originally by King David, who consigned people to, to work in the temple. So God allowed this um, awful destruction of Israel to happen because of the ceaseless faithfulness of his people. They were then in this war, exiled to Babylon, around about 586 BC. Everything was destroyed. The people were exiled to Babylon, which was a very strange land and religiously incompatible. And their suffering is also revealed if you look at Psalm 137, where they lament, how can we sing a sad song in a strange land? And the context of that is that the uh, Babylonian soldiers are mocking them and knowing about uh, their love of singing, saying, come on, why don't you sing a song? And their response in Psalm 137 is, how can we sing a song? in a strange land, it's so difficult, their hearts are broken. 
Now that exile lasted 70 years, so it went from three generations. By the time people came back to Jerusalem, um, when the Persian king had defeated Babylon, they were allowed to come back. They didn't recognize Jerusalem. It was a town just bustling with new immigrants who had come in there from various nations and it, it was just never restored to their beloved holy city as it had been. So this was a devastating blow to the Israel nations and you can understand the lament. But God had had enough and he punished them severely and he had warned them repeatedly what would happen to them if they didn't turn away from their dreadful uh, sinful ways and uh, honor God. So the Israelites were held in contempt in verse 4. Okay, even this one is giving me trouble. If you'll just give me a moment. Um, by their neighbors and by the local community. And they were ridiculed by these people asking, Where is their God now? So in other words, the Israelites were beaten and destroyed and um, people around them were saying, well, where is this great God of yours? Why doesn't he save you? From verse 5 onwards, it the psalm represents a prayer in which the writer implores God to stop the suffering because it had become unbearable to them. The, the psalmist asks, God, how long? How long are you going to do this? Now it reminds me of a time um, here when they were doing some massive construction next door and uh, it was incredibly noisy. And so I asked the owner, how long? Because if I knew that it was going to be a week, that was easy to deal with. I could even deal with two weeks or a month. And then I would know, be able to say to myself, well, it's, it's nearly finished, it hasn't got too long. And that's what the, the Israelites did. They said to, to, to God, how much longer are you going to make us suffer? They didn't seem to connect with the idea that they could have prevented this if they had listened. It reminds me of how important it is for us to listen to God. How often do we listen to God? I can't help wondering if God, in his despair at our faithful faithlessness, sometimes runs his hands through his hair and asks, how long? It's a good question. Indeed, how long before we turn to God and surrender our lives to him? Can we answer that question? The author of the psalm begs God not to punish the Israelites for the sins of their fathers. In verse 8, it's a bit late. It's as if they are shifting the blame, saying, you know, this is not our fault, this is our, our ancestors who have displeased you. Meantime, it's very much them who have displeased him because they have really gotten into some very bad behavior, um, sexual immorality, um, this kind of thing. So instead of punishing them, he says, turn your wrath on the nations who don't follow you. As if the Israelites are following him. 
He asked God to punish the non-believing neighbors and local, local communities seven times over because of their contempt of God. This is in verse 12. So is the author of the psalm trying to redirect God's attention from the Israelites to somewhere else in the hopes that God would leave them alone? One hopes not, but it seems that way. But it seems also very human. The kind of thing we do when we're in big trouble. The writer ends by delivering yet another promise of faithfulness if God only agrees to what they ask. Just as they have done many times before, but they have never kept their promises. And it is these broken promises over time that has caused God to... Um, to, to say you know, this is now the last straw and I'm going to I'm going to um, destroy the promised land that I gave to these Israelites who don't deserve it. In my mind's eye when I see this psalm I see a naughty schoolboy who has been warned many times not to do something but continues to do it. Now his parents are ready to implement the severe punishment that he's been warned about. He has all the excuses in the world, including trying to place the blame elsewhere, begging for forgiveness, and promising anything that will get him out of his punishment. When you look at it that way, the Israelites were very immature in their spirituality and in honoring their status as God's chosen people. They wanted the benefits of that without having to conform to the rules. Does that sound familiar? It does to me. Much love and rich blessings to you all. From me, Elaine. God bless.